0: Hey, all what's up? It's your host, Halataha, and today we're replaying my podcast appearance on the Action Academy podcast hosted by Brian Lubin. Brian was a fantastic host, and whenever I go on a podcast where I really enjoy the conversation, I tend to replay it on my feed. And a big reason being that, A, based on my analytics, I can tell you guys really like to hear me on other podcasts. And B, I thought the topic was super fitting considering I'm launching my very first LinkedIn masterclass next week. And as some of you may know, I built my recent success with Yap Media and my podcast, Young and Profiting, off the back of LinkedIn. And in this episode, Brian uncovers how I was able to leverage the professional networking platform to grow my podcast and later my business, Yap Media, upwards of $100,000 per month in revenue. If any of you guys feel inspired after listening to this episode to embark on your own LinkedIn journey, use my code PROFITING for 55% off the masterclass. You can go to yapmedia.io slash course and again, use code PROFITING for 55% off. The workshop happens on November 15th and 16th. You guys get to spend eight hours with me where I will teach you directly about LinkedIn. You're gonna learn everything from social media design to copywriting to mastering all the nuances of the LinkedIn algorithm. And guys, I know this platform front and back. We're gonna be going super deep in these sessions so you'll leave walking away knowing more than 99.9999% of people on that platform. I promise you, you're gonna be able to compete and win after you take this masterclass. Again, go to yapmedia.io slash course and use code PROFITING for 55% off. We'll put all that detail in the show notes. And if you're listening to this way after November 15th and 16th, still go to yapmedia.io slash course and you can sign up for the wait list and we'll know to reach out to you next time enrollment begins. Without further delay, let's dive right into my interview with Brian Lubin on the Action Academy podcast.
1: Welcome to the Action Academy podcast. I'm Brian Lubin. We talk about the mindsets, the methods, and the actionable steps for you to earn freedom in your life and business. A lot of the times, this is real estate, and we have real estate guests come on, but today, we are going more so into the media world. And there is no better person that I could bring on in the world of media than today's guest, Hala Taha. Hala is the CEO of a media agency and the host of the Young and Profiting podcast. Hala has a mastery of all things social media marketing, but today we talk about how she leveraged one platform in particular to build a multi-million dollar business on the back of LinkedIn. Now, I'm not going to lie. I was on the LinkedIn hate train before. Plain and simple. When I was a corporate employee, I hated LinkedIn because as a consumer, all I saw was HR and recruiters on there. But now that I'm looking at it from the perspective of a business owner and a creator side, LinkedIn has one of the best potentials for upside growth that I've seen across all social medias. And that includes TikTok. The organic growth potential on LinkedIn is actually insane. And that's what Hala and I talk about today. Without any further ado, Hala Taha. All right. Hala Taha, how are you?
0: I'm doing great. Happy to be here.
1: I actually remember seeing you back when I believe when I was entering the workforce, when I graduated college, and I discovered this new platform. Maybe some of you guys have heard of it that are listening to this LinkedIn. And I remember seeing this girl post on LinkedIn. And that was before this podcast was even a twinkle in my eye. And you were popping off on there. And I remember then LinkedIn went through this phase where it just seems to be recruiters and seems to be a cookie cutter content all over again. And now there's this massive resurgence that we're seeing to where everyone's like, holy crap, look at this platform of what it's doing again. I'd love to hear your input about how you got started on LinkedIn and what you're seeing now with this resurgence wave.
0: Yeah, it's so funny that you say that because I've been in the thick of things. So from an outside perspective, you might think it's a resurgence. I've LinkedIn has been popping for me for five years. You know? so, yeah. so for me, it's, it hasn't felt like this resurgence, like you're saying. For me, LinkedIn for the past, I would say six, seven years has been a place where a lot of people go, professional people go to post content about their life, about their business. And it's not just about HR and recruitment anymore. And so LinkedIn to me has been one of the biggest game changers. I've been able to make millions of dollars literally off the LinkedIn platform for my business, from my podcast. And LinkedIn to me was the thing that really started it all. So when I decided five years ago to launch my podcast, less than five years ago, like four and a half years ago, I, at the same time, decided to start my LinkedIn personal journey. The first day I posted on LinkedIn and really gave effort and became consistent then on was the first episode of my podcast. It coincided. I was going to use LinkedIn as a way to reach the professional audience, and I was really smart about it because I literally abandoned every other social media platform. I didn't post on Instagram. I didn't post on Twitter. I only posted on LinkedIn and I took it really seriously and I pruned my community and I was super active on the platform, engaging with everyone. And I remember I started my podcast as a side hustle and I worked at Disney streaming services in marketing. And I remember my only job on the train was to post on LinkedIn every single day, no matter what. And I would prepare whatever assets I needed the night before. And my only job was to write that post on LinkedIn every day. And that was my habit. And then on the way home, I would do all of my community engagement. So I would respond to all the comments. I would respond to all my DMs. And literally within a year, I got to 60,000 followers, which at the time, this was four years ago, made me one of the biggest influencers on the platform that wasn't like an HR person. And so I just became this personality on LinkedIn. And then I leveraged that to grow my podcast.
1: That is huge. And you actually set a point there that I want to bring out that is contrary to popular belief. And it's something that I struggle with myself to where a lot of people that listen to this show are seasoned entrepreneurs. They really know their stuff. Like they are killers. But when it comes to the content game and it comes to social media, I preach a lot to them that they need to use this brand and leverage this because this is one of the three levels of leverage. You have content, community, and capital that you can leverage in business. And I'm saying you need to get onto social media and leverage your content. But what happens is people get overwhelmed with all the different things that you're air quotes supposed to do. And I'm in the same Mm -hmm. camp to where I've got a podcast that's five episodes a week. I've got all of this video content and I get so overwhelmed with saying, okay, I need to post five times a day on TikTok. I need to post two on LinkedIn. I need to post five tweets. I need to do YouTube shorts. And it's just so much that nothing gets done. So you started with one singular platform and went all in Mm -hmm. on that. That what you would recommend for growing a media empire all over again.
0: Oh yeah, 100%. But first you need to figure out where your target audience is hanging out. And so I wanted to, first of all, stand out on a social media platform. Second of all, reach the people that would be interested in my content. And so LinkedIn was perfect because there was podcasters out there, but they weren't focused on LinkedIn. I quickly became Mm. the number one podcaster on LinkedIn, and that gave me so much leverage to get sponsorships, to do trades, cross promos. If I had focused on Instagram, I might have been the same size, but I could never say I'm the number one podcaster on Instagram. And by the way, there's a lot of podcasters, so I couldn't break the noise. I stood out on LinkedIn because I was talking about a topic that nobody else was talking about. So when you're thinking about what platform that you want to be on, you want to think, where's organic reach? First of all, that's that's very important. So that's LinkedIn. That's TikTok, right? YouTube. Instagram, even podcasting, no organic reach. So where is there organic reach? That means it's going to be easier to go viral, to build a community. Where are your competitors not focusing? You also may want to think, where are your competitors doing? This is all, it's not black and white, right? So you want to see where are your competitors not focusing where there's sort of an area for you to break in or where your competitors doing really well, but you feel like there's still more pie in the sky for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. And then where do you stand out in terms of the topics, right? So if you're on TikTok, for example, a lot of like painters started doing really well, where originally it was people who were dancing, but then they started doing other things that were visually pleasing and people started going viral for their paintings and their artworks on TikTok. So you always want to think about how you can stand out. I always think a personal trainer or a makeup artist, if you guys went on LinkedIn and started doing that stuff, people some people would be like, oh man, don't post this here, it's a professional site. But a lot of people would be interested and you would break the noise. And so Hmm. I think I stood out. Not only with my super bright assets, the fact that I was a young woman in podcasting when nobody else was doing it. I was one of the first people to actually do video podcasting and post it on LinkedIn. I did a lot of things to stand out, but I think the topic itself, and that's not something people really think about often.
1: I love that. And it's just so cool to be able to watch you have absolute mastery at one thing. It's, uh, it's something my grandfather actually used to say to me. He was like, you don't want to half-ass five things. He's a whole-ass one thing.
0: Yeah, thats I love that. You can break out. And by the way, once you start making a lot of money and you have more resources, you can hire a team that can help you manage other things. You can find experts who are really good at the platform that you're trying to reach. And the other thing I want to add, just from what you said before that I didn't get to touch on, was the importance of content marketing. A lot of entrepreneurs... They don't realize that if they don't have something that organically sells, organic demand, and they don't have a lead that is content marketing that is pulling people in, the other alternative is push marketing. It's paid ads. And a lot of entrepreneurs mess up because they have a product that doesn't really sell naturally or organically. And instead, they try to just pour add money on it and they think it's converting well, but what they don't realize is at some point that's not going to be sustainable. So if you want to build a sustainable business, first you want to have product market fit, and then you want to have a content marketing machine that's luring people in so that people are asking you for your services rather than you pushing it on them and trying to sell to them.
1: And then you're also playing a completely different game because when you're playing the game of push advertising, you're just doing something that's going to disappear in the chop, and it's going to, it's like a wave It's going to come, it's going to go. But then when you change the game that you're playing to the pool marketing, like you said, then it's something that's a compound game. And now all of a sudden you go to where you're about to create something brand new in your business and create a new arm. And now you can do it in two weeks, something that would probably have taken you two years before because you have the resources there.
0: Exactly. And I have the people ready to buy because I've been educating my network for so long. People don't like to be sold to anymore. They like to be educated. There's no such thing as selling anymore. It's all about education, right? And so I've been providing free value and Also, doing it for my clients for high ticket prices. But now that I'm offering something that is accessible for everyone, people are going to be ready to buy and I won't have to spend money on a single ad. I just have a community that's ready to buy for me because I've been providing value for so long.
1: Exactly. And Alex Harmozzi, which shout out, shout out Alex. I'm talking to you, dude. I'm getting you on this freaking show, man. He's
0: coming on my show next week. Oh my
1: God. Number
0: 17.
1: I'm oh, my so God. Hala had a one up me. She had to come on the show and she had a <laughs> one up me. But Alex has this quote. Tell him I said hello. Alex has this quote where he says and it's I've heard it before, but he was like, if you can delay your ask for a year, you will never need for money. If you can just give without needing anything back for a year, you'll be rich. If you can give without needing back for a decade, he goes, you'll be a billionaire. And that's like the Mr. Beast model right now to where he doesn't even care about the money. He just wants to provide value and provide content. And then he'll get back whatever he gets back. So that's why he'll be worth $100 billion by the end of it.
0: Let's hold that thought and take a quick break with our sponsors. Young and profiters. They may call me the podcast princess, but I'm also the LinkedIn queen. I've been a LinkedIn influencer for six years now. And I teach one of the most popular courses about LinkedIn. And I love to teach sales. Young and profiters, are you dreaming about starting a course? Do you want to go from one-to-one to 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 one-to-many and scale yourself? If you're thinking about starting a course, then you need to hear about Kajabi. Kajabi is the OG of course platforms. I've got creators in my network like Jenna Kutcher and Amy Porterfield who have been using Kajabi for over a decade. These ladies know what they're doing. They are literally the course queens. Go to kajabi.com slash profiting and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion.
1: I want to take a slight pivot here and dive into your business because your revenues and your growth and scale is insane. But first, I'm really interested about a mindset shift that you had to go through. I know you started in public radio, but then you got your MBA and then you went into the corporate world. You worked with Disney. You worked with these streaming companies for what was it, seven years?
0: Yeah, I worked at Hewlett Packard and Disney, but all the while I had the podcast. Okay, All the while, but like halfway through, I started the podcast. It's so funny because I feel like I've always been an entrepreneur, even when I worked in corporate. Just always, Since I was a little girl, I had this like entrepreneurial spirit. I used to have a bit since I, literally four years old, I think I started my first business. I would sell paintings to like mothers at Sunday school. I used to work at Hot 97. I was Angie mm-hmm. Martinez's assistant. At the time, she was the voice of New York and I was her intern. And so I worked at the station for free for three years. And on the side, I had lots of different online radio shows throughout my 20s. So I had maybe five or six online radio shows and I would interview rappers. It was all about music. I used to date Chris Brown. Chris Brown was my boyfriend (laughs) when I was 25. So I worked at the station and I had all these online radio shows on the side. I loved radio, but there was no money in radio. Had I stayed there, I would have gotten a $30,000 job a year And that was like my trajectory. So I ended up getting fired from Hot 97 because I asked for a paying job. And then I was like on revenge mode and I decided to start something called the Sorority of Hip Hop. I ended up going back to college, finishing college and launching this website. Within three months, we were one of the most popular entertainment sites in the world. And then all the DJs where my job used to be to get them coffee, to do their work for them. All of a sudden these same DJs called me up and wanted me to host all their parties. And we were like, the hottest thing in the city. Great LinkedIn content, right? I totally switched my whole thing. Like my whole brand switched. But anyway, I had to take a break because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to do what I'm doing now. So MTV rejected us. I got rejected from Hot 97, rejected from radio. Then I got rejected from TV. So this is six years into the entertainment industry of me basically working for free and working marketing jobs and things on the side to like keep everything afloat. And I'm going to go back to school, get my MBA, got an internship at Hewlett-Packard because I was getting my MBA. And then I get to my internship at 70K a year. And job. at the time, this was so much money for me, right? Oh, I was yeah. like, first stable job. I got to take this seriously. I graduated number one in my class while I was working the whole time at Hewlett-Packard. I'm an entrepreneur against Hewlett-Packard. And I'm like light years ahead of everyone tech-wise. Because I was this girl that, like, I used to blog at Honey7. I had a huge Twitter following. I hacked Twitter to blow up my website. I knew everything about SEO, graphic design, all this stuff. I knew how to do already. I self-taught it. And I used to teach all these girls. So I was really good because not only did I know it, but I was, like, teaching it to everyone. So I was really good. So I get into Hewlett Packard, and I'm totally an entrepreneur within the company. I had five promotions in a row. I was leading huge global teams. I had every job in the marketing department possible. I was president of the Young Employee Network, representing 7,000 employees across the world and interviewing the CEO and the CMO and doing the same stuff I was doing, but figured out how to do it at Hewlett Packard. Then I got bored four years (laughs) in And I was just thinking, ah, this is not enough. Like, I want to be a voice for my generation. I want to get back to my passions. And I decided I was going to start Young and Profiting Podcast as a hobby. I wanted to just give away my knowledge to the world. And I thought, hey, I have all the experience. I know how to do radio, social media. I think I could do this. And two years later, it really took off. But the really cool thing... Is that as soon as I put out an episode, people are usually really embarrassed by their episode one and two and three and four. Mine were like masterpieces and people got obsessed, totally obsessed. And people would reach out to me on LinkedIn and they'd be like, Hey, I listen to your podcast. I can't get enough of it. How can I help you? I want to be part of this movement. And so by episode two, I had my first volunteer who's now my business partner, Timothy Tan, who's literally a millionaire, smart kid was super young when he started with me by episode eight, I had 10 volunteers in a Slack channel. And one guy would be working on my website, one guy working on my videos, one guy working on my graphics. And I would work my day job and then work with my team at night and on the weekends. And it really helped us level up. I don't think many podcasters can say they had a team of 10, like two months into it. And by the way, I started out saying I have to do this by myself.
1: <laughs> so lots to unpack there. So let's start with I am a podcaster that does it by myself and I've gone through multiple different assistants and it just never works because the vision doesn't match up. So I'm curious about how you built this into a movement and such a community to where these people were just like, Hey, I'll work for you for free. Because for me, I was just like I did the same thing as a as like a hobby. I was just like, Oh my god, like I've got this huge network. I was like, I've got all these people that I know. And I talked to them. And so how did you go about making this bigger than being a podcast, bigger than being a media company? You made it a movement. How do you think you captured lightning in a bottle like that?
0: I think it was because my intentions were genuine. So Mm. I wasn't making any money and my goal wasn't to make money at the time. I just wanted to make the podcast as big as possible and to provide so much value And I feel like because I was very hands-on with everyone. Imagine you go from listening to someone and you really like their podcast and then all of a sudden you're in a Slack channel with them and they're spending hours with you teaching you how to video edit. And I always made sure that once somebody got really good at something that I would teach them the next thing and then they would go teach another person how to do what they had learned. And so it was just this cycle of everyone just learning and leveling up. And it was really exciting because we were getting huge guests from the start. So for us to be this like these underdogs trying to... Like take on all these huge podcasters. And then episode five, we get David Allen. Episode 23, we got Chris Voss. We just kept getting all these huge guests. And then we get so excited and they see that the traction on LinkedIn is happening. It's just that we had such good momentum. So it kept Mm. everyone really motivated. And to be honest, it was easier to motivate people before there was money involved. Once Mm -hmm. there was money involved, it became a whole different dynamic. Once we had responsibilities and clients, it was very actually difficult for us to get out of the previous mindset that we had, which was like a totally volunteer mindset. Everybody do what they can. And we just had my podcast. Once we had clients, it was a whole different story.
1: Yeah. Now all of a sudden, there's other mouths to feed here. And you've got to, you got to like actually run an organization. Exactly. Talk us through the growth from there. To all of a sudden, you said you are popping up to a hundred thousand dollar months. What was the time frame there?
0: It all happened so quickly. It was so we built the podcast and the LinkedIn at the same time. Two years into it is when things really started to pop off. What happened is that I started getting creative in the way that I approached marketing. And I think I always say this, I am a really good podcaster, but I'm an even better marketer. And so one of the reasons why I think my show has grown faster than other people is because I focused a lot on the marketing, not only the content and the production, right? Mm. And so year two, that's when everything really started to accelerate. I thought about what can we do to actually be number one, when everybody on Apple who's dominating Apple right now started their podcast five years before I did. So all the people who are big on Apple are Jordan Harbinger, Lewis House, JLD. They started, yeah, they started 14 years ago. And so I felt like it was impossible to compete with them. And I was thinking, how can I achieve my goal of becoming a huge podcaster and eventually getting sponsorships and just dominating this field without necessarily worrying about Apple? Because that's where it was most difficult to compete. And I thought, where can I like get ahead? So I started reaching out to every single podcast brand that I w- knew of and most of the softwares that I use. So I reached out to Riverside.fm and I reached out to Descript and I reached out to Good Pods, and I reached out to CastBox and Podcast Republic and all these different brands. And I said, hey, I would love to promote you on LinkedIn. I have a, I'm the biggest podcaster on LinkedIn. Again, using it for leverage and in exchange, give, feature me on your blog, feature me on your website, wow. feature me in your email, feature me on your app and everybody said yes Genius. and then Ca- and castbox really liked me and they featured me every month and now i have 260,000 subscribers on castbox alone right over 3 million downloads on castbox alone and so i started doing this on these apps so i have 80,000 followers on player fm i have 10,000 followers on podcast republic and so i became the biggest podcaster in my category across all apps then that got me noticed. I got on the cover of a podcast magazine. Matthew McConaughey came on my show. Then everybody wanted to come on my show. And then it just exploded. I went from getting $10,000 a month to $100,000 a month to 200000 to 300000 And it just kept growing and growing because then it was word of mouth and the podcast really spread. Now I'm just starting to get popular on Apple. I'm still not that huge on Apple. It's literally 15% of my downloads really because yes because I focus on everything else it's the same thing how I blew up on social media I focused on the thing nobody was focused on now everyone is doing what I was doing like with focusing on the other players and I became one of the biggest experts in the industry on media buying and I learned how to sell it that's a whole different story but it's another one of the things that I do is media buying for podcasters because I got all these relationships and then I learned that the things I was getting for free people pay for and I started doing tests and studying subscriber acquisition costs and getting better at it. And once I started making money from my business, I would reinvest and grow my show using the same tactics I used to get for free from trades. In terms of how I actually started making money on my podcast two years in. I am getting big authors, CEOs that are coming on my show and I'm working at Disney. I have a very high paying executive job at Disney that I'm crushing at, but I actually don't like my job at Disney at the time because I felt like it was a boys club. And I was starting for the first time in corporate. I I always thought I was gonna be the CEO or CMO of some Fortune 50 company. Mm -hmm. First time in corporate, I was like, I don't see myself going anywhere here. And so I was aware of my opportunities. And at the end of every, almost every single show, the guests would say to me, hey, Hala, how did you blow up on LinkedIn? Hey, Hala, do you have a team? Could you do this for me? Hey, Hala, could you help me grow my podcast? And I'd always be like, no, I'm so sorry. I have a job at Disney. I have a volunteer team. They don't get paid. We have too much on our plate. And I would always say no until one time, Heather Monahan, she's another huge influencer on LinkedIn. She had like maybe 80,000 followers at the time. She came on my podcast. She asked me that question. I blew her off. She didn't leave me alone. And I still believed I didn't have time to do this and that I didn't want to do this. And so I said, Hey, Heather, I wanted her to be my mentor because I thought I may want to be a speaker when I get older and all these things. Sure. And so I I told her, I was like, Hey, I'll teach you on the weekends how to do this. Cause I, I do, I know how to do everything, audio edit, graphic design, whatever. And so I started training her on the weekends and on Saturdays and she just stopped me one day. It was like maybe our third session. She's Hala. I can't do this. I just had a call with Gary Vee's company. Uh, they told me how much how much it costs, everything like that. Your stuff is better. She's your team is better. You can do this, Hala. I'll be your first client. Let's do this. Wow. And I said, all right, fine. I'll, I'll do. I'll start with your videos. And so we started with Heather Monahan's videos. Then all of a sudden, I took over all of her LinkedIn, all of her podcasts, and we do a really good job. Then I get asked to guest on a billionaire show. His name is Jason Waller, true underdog. And he found me because my, of my podcast and everything. And at the end of it, he asked me, Hey, could you do this for me? And I knew he was a billionaire. <laughs> He's, and I, I was like, yes, I can definitely do this for you. I like, let me, let's have a call. And he wanted me to run his LinkedIn, his Instagram, his podcast. And I was very good at PowerPoint presentations. That's all I had. I had no website. I had nothing. I had no website. I had no proof. All I had was like us doing Heather Monahan for a month. And I put together this PowerPoint presentation. And at first, like we had, we had priced everything at 3K each service or something like that. Mm -hmm. Business partner, Tim, he's, let's just do 10K each service and see what happens. So that's 30K. We were pitching for this monthly retainer, 30K a month. Okay. And we I do this pitch, my first pitch ever for the company and he's let's do it. And that was it, 30K a month all of a sudden. We went from zero to 30K a month. Then I got Kara Golden, the CEO of Hintwater. All these people were guests on my show. Kara Golden, the CEO of Hintwater, Britt Marin from Britt & Co. Then we get the CEO of 100 Got Junk, Marshall Goldsmith, the top best-selling author and number one executive coach. And we just started landing client after client. And literally six months into it, I'm still working at Disney streaming services. I have 30 paid employees making over 100 grand a month. And then I was like, okay, I got to quit my job and I quit my job and I've literally only been an entrepreneur. Now, I guess it's been a year and a half only of wow. me being an entrepreneur. So this all happened so fast, right? And we start this company. It's goes really well. And I never had to do a paid ad. It was all just leads from my podcast, which were my guests and then referrals. And they started just telling their friends. And it's this very luxury social media service that I was offering. Now I started my podcast agency because I learned how to monetize my show. What I always do is I learn how to do something myself and then I sell it to other people. So I learned LinkedIn and we offer LinkedIn. We learned Instagram. Now we offer Instagram. We knew how to do podcasting. Then we offered podcasting. We figured out how to monetize my show. Then we started offering offering monetization. And so we just always do that. We figure it out for me and then we start selling it for everybody else. And so we started this podcast network in January and... In the first year, we made $500,000 already. The year's not even over. Just like having an idea that we started in January. Everything's going really well. And the key lessons here is follow the organic demand and <laughs> follow what you're good at, what you love, what you have passion for and what people want and will pay, serv- pay money for. We'll be right back after a quick break from our sponsors. Young and Profiters, Yap Media is growing so fast. I have 10 open roles just this month. Again, it's indeed.com slash profiting to get your $75 credit. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Young and Profiters, as you may know, I launched my LinkedIn Secrets Masterclass a little bit over a year ago. It was my first course. And so far, I've generated well over $500,000. And the best part is, I didn't have to figure out how to set up my mastermind subscriptions, how to do abandoned cart targeting, and All of that tech geeky stuff. I just left that all to Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. And if you're in that I need to sell more with less stage, Shopify magic is your AI superpowered sidekick ready to whip up captivating content that converts. And it doesn't matter if you're selling digital products or vegan cosmetics. Shopify helps you sell anything, anywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Stop those online window shoppers in their tracks and turn them into loyal customers with the internet's best converting checkout. I'm talking 36% better on average compared to the other options out there. It's no wonder Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US, including huge global brands like Allbirds and Thrive Cosmetics. It took me a day And you never have to worry about figuring it out on your own. Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash profiting now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash profiting. Young and profiters, we are all making money. But is your money hustling for you? Meaning, are you investing? For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com.
1: My big takeaways from your story are that what you did is what we talk about on this podcast a lot is where you normally on this show, we talk about building like a financial foundation. To where it is, you have uh, the unsexy stuff, like you have the real estate index funds, whatever, and then you can grow the sexy businesses on top of it. But you did the exact same thing. But instead of a financial foundation, what you did is you built a platform foundation. So like really all of this is from how freaking rock solid your one platform, like LinkedIn, was the catalyst of all of this and then you were able to take that and I'm sure after a while it became like mundane for you because you were just doing it over and over again but now you've built all this stuff on top and then now you can branch out to whatever you want because you are great at one thing instead of just good at like 20 so that's insane
0: 100 100 and I would say it's my LinkedIn and my podcasts were the two really foundational yeah. things and what it is like we were saying before it's this content marketing engine And it's me providing free value to a community that then provides for me at the same time. But the key here is that for two years, I didn't sell a thing. All I did was build social proof, build trust, uh, gain skills, train my team and get everything ready. A lot of people, they're not ready yet. They, They don't have the foundation to build a business. I almost start too late. I have everything like ready to go, like 90%. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I could start a business with this. You could start a little earlier, but a lot of people, they start way too early and they need a lot more skills and social proof and experience before I think that they should start a business.
1: What do you think are some good indicators of that, of knowing like a barometer to be able to judge, engage when you are ready and when you're not? Because I see that a lot too. I've got a lot of people. For me, I talk about all of this because I went and I worked the corporate job, made it to the top, quit that. And now I'm traveling around the world. So I teach people how to do that. It's just like you said, it's like you do it and then you teach others. But there's a lot of people that say, oh, I want to start a podcast on this and that, but they haven't done the thing. What's your advice on that? Yeah. What should they do?
0: First of all, you never want to sell anything that especially service-based. I'm talking really about service-based right now, because if you want to bootstrap anything, that's really how you do it. It's through some sort of service offering that you have. If you haven't done it for yourself, like for example, if you're like a graphic designer, but you haven't designed anything nice for yourself or for somebody else, you obviously need to level up your skills. So what do people compliment you on? What do people ask you questions on that signal that they think that you're an expert? Those are the things that that are your real skills that people value and may pay money for. So if nobody's asking you for advice in these areas already, if you haven't done it already for yourself and, or for somebody else that something that you're really proud of, then you're not ready. You need to make sure that you level up yourself before you go try to sell something that you're not that well qualified to sell, right? Because nobody will want it from you. There's too much competition.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that you did that as your litmus test to where you were like, no, uh uh-uh, okay, fine, I'll do it. I think that's a good (laughs) example. If nobody will take up, if you are offering something for free and nobody's taking you up on it, you're not ready. (laughs) Like, You're just not ready. And now if you're offering something for free and you're getting blown up and people are saying, hey, take my money.
0: And by the way, you can learn while you build your community. Exactly. So if you want to learn it, let's say you want to be a painter and one day you want to sell paintings, start an Instagram talking about painting and educating people about painting. And as you do it, you're going to learn and then you're going to have a community. And then by the time you're ready to sell something, you have a community there for you. I feel like a lot of people think that the community and the business comes at the same time. I think it's way smarter to start the community first.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And then you can also build it around how you are learning. So you're either the grizzled expert or the enthusiastic beginner that's learning. And as podcast hosts, we also can play, we can wear both hats. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's why this is such a cheat code to be able to do this. But anyways, I want to be conscious of your time here and let you be able to get out of here. So where can people go and find you? I'm sure it's very easy. What would you prefer? Well, thank-
0: yeah, first of all, I would love for you guys to check out Young and Profiting Podcasts. We interview the brightest minds in the world and unpack their wisdom. So I've had Deepak Chopra on. I just interviewed Jim Quick. We've got Alex Trimosey next week, Ryan Holiday coming up. So very excited for all of our upcoming guests. You guys can check out Young and Profiting Podcast on your favorite podcast player. And I'm on Instagram at Yaf with Hala, TikTok at Yaf with Hala and LinkedIn. You can't miss me. Just search Hala and you'll find me.
1: There you go. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been freaking awesome. A marketing masterclass. And I appreciate everything you're doing. Keep printing out the content. And maybe you and I will be working together here soon.
0: Yeah, I hope so, Brian. Congratulations on your show and great job.
1: Appreciate it. Thank you, everyone. This has been Brian Lubin and Hala Taha, the LinkedIn queen with the Action Academy podcast, signing off.